mean, we can tell shit from Shinola. It's just that we don't always prefer Shinola. Hello and welcome back to the DMT World Podcast. Today we have on someone who goes by the name of Kiddo. Kiddo is a graphic designer, paper engineer, illustrator, and works in traditional and digital media and is currently learning to manage social media accounts. Kiddo shares how psychedelics were integral to their life in tough times, as well as in the foreseeable future. They're also an admin of the Psychonaut Recovery Group and scribe for their meetings. Feel free to show them love using the link in the description. If you're interested in contributing to the cause, consider becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com forward slash DMT. With memberships starting as low as $1 per month, you can't beat that. You know, we're not ran by a big corporation, rather a handful of people, including our current Patreon supporters who are tremendously appreciated. Thank you for listening. And make sure to keep spreading the love out there, you beautiful beings. Love you. It's a kind so, of so, kiddo. Um, you and I, well, I, we met through the uh, Psychonaut Recovery uh, uh, server that Mad Mike created there. And um, I know we've been um, in a few meetings together there. And um, you're also a, um, I think, a secretary for the, or what is it like? You take the meeting notes there for the server? Yeah, well, I didn't even really sign up for it. I just started <laughs> doing it and then posting them and then everybody really liked it. So I just kept doing it. So then they were like, cool, you're the scribe, self-appointed. Okay. Like, I was like, all right, cool. And then I was like, I'm also a graphic design major nice. and I'm on winter break for school right now. So I like making graphics. And so I've been running all of their social media um, campaigns right now. Nice. Nice. So I took over their Twitter platform, their Instagram. I've been making stuff for Facebook and Discord as well. Have you ever done anything like that before? Like uh, the social media aspect and all of this? Not really. No, this is kind of the first time I do it a little bit for myself, kind of. Like picked up a few things here and there, but like I'd never really used Twitter before. And then like Instagram for my artwork, I would post like stories and i had done a few like live streams and mm -hmm. stuff like some performance art pieces i did just kind of dicking around basically like mm -hmm. whatever you know and it just organically happened and i'm still learning a lot making mistakes but learning from them and trying new things <laughs> you know that's something that um, i've come across is um all of these applications we use and pl social media platforms that we're on and um, even like podcast, um, it, it's just a whole another world when you become the content creator or, the, you know, the person that's managing these uh, profiles or accounts or sites even. Um, and there's a lot to learn. <laughs> there's a lot oh, to learn for sure. Yeah. And it's honestly, like I think it's a really big responsibility too, though, because Definitely. you have a voice that a lot of people listen to. And like, I don't know, it's it's kind of 
a lot of pressure sometimes to be like, am I saying the right thing? Is this, <laughs> is this coming from my ego? Is this something that a lot of people yeah. are going to like connect with? Could this lead people astray? You know, like, do you ever feel that pressure when you put together your podcasts? Well, you know, in, in the beginning, I had a struggle with that, you know, because I thought the same thing, um, you know, and I got to the point where I was really watching what I was saying and so forth. But then, you know, I, I gradually got to a point where, I just accepted me for who I am, you know, and I don't claim to be anything else. You know, I, I don't know a lot about anything, you know, and um, I mean about a lot of much and uh, I'm going to say things that may not be true. I'm going to say things that are off the cuff and, and you know, um, for, for somebody to judge me on that, you know, I think that that they may have other issues besides me, you know, and um, I personally just go with the flow and have an open mind and know that I'm going to be wrong and I'm going to mess up. But, uh, you know, once I take those things out of the equation, everything just kind of organically flows, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's good to hear. Cause that's, to me, is scary to be very honest. And I don't, I don't know. I'm not there yet in some ways, but like, <clears throat> I don't know what, what kinds of things do you recommend to people that feel that way? Uh, for me, it was a lot of inner work <laughs> because, you know, it's <clears throat> I I don't claim to be anything else that I am, you know, and and I'm open about it, you know, and I'm honest about things. You know, I like earlier, you know, we had a little chat earlier and I told you straight up like, hey, I don't know much about this and I may, may mess up, but feel free to correct me. You know, I think that that's that's a very honorable approach to a lot of things in life. And I think most people, when you're honest with them, you know, they're, they're willing to cut you a break, you know, they're not going to attack you or, you know, put you on the, on the cross, so to speak, you know? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I like that. That's, that's a really good approach to come at it from. And, mm -hmm. and I think that that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. I find honesty has gotten me through a lot you know, in, in, in my life. And it took a long time to, to get there, but, um, you know, I had to kind of also accept myself, you know, cause I listen to, to each one of these podcasts. <clears throat> um, I listen to it a total, well, I listen to it twice after I record. So I'm constantly listening to myself. I'm constantly, you know, feeling that need to criticize myself and feel like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I should have said it this way. I need to stop saying that so much. And, uh, you know, you, you make little notes and you adjust and you just continue to move. You know, the biggest thing is just trying to be comfortable, you know, while you're speaking and, you know, or, or creating that content because at the end of the day, I can't please everybody. And what I say and what I create is not for everybody either. Yeah, totally. That's, that's really valid. And I also think it's hard to, as like artists and designers, we kind of automatically want to be critical mm -hmm. to begin with, because in a way that's kind of how we get better, right? Like, mm -hmm. You're like, oh, wait, I made this mistake and I'm noticing it. So like maybe I can work on it next time. But I think a huge thing people have with that is they get hung up on that. And like, I'm wondering how you deal with those hang ups, too, because I have a hard time with that. Yeah, you know, I've I've gone back and I have cringed at some of these episodes. <laughs> I really have. I mean, I've had some where I had 
I hesitated to even upload them. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I can say that about a lot of things in my life that, you know, I cannot change, you know, and as with all of them, you know, I just have to learn to accept that this is who I am at this point in time. And it doesn't mean who I'm doesn't mean that's who I'm going to be forever. You know, I'm constantly evolving. I'm constantly changing and finding different ways and just keeping an open mind, you know, in terms of uh, who I present myself to be. Okay. Very good. I it's rough. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even saying that, I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And I, I feel that way as well. And I sometimes, like, when I get that way, I, I try to remember that, like, for every person that might be, like, you know, offended or, like, get up angry about what you're saying, there's all these other people that your message is going to reach them in exactly. a positive way and if you don't say it like the loss of reaching those people is i feel greater than the fear of possibly being mocked or looking back and being like oh my gosh That's i felt true. like an idiot you know like it's better to to be scared and make that jump and so that's kind of why, like, I, I was nervous doing the podcast, but I was like, no, you know, what? like, let's do this. Like, it's new stuff. And okay. I, I really applaud you doing this and, and being so authentic with me and telling me that. So oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I think um, it just comes with time. And then there's also an aspect of momentum. You know, this is something that I found uh, this year or this last year was um, if you maintain a momentum you know, it doesn't get as bad as if like, like for me, I took a while off. Um, I took the summer off and <clears throat> then I had a couple of technical issues and I hadn't spoke to anybody in like four months. And um, when I got back, I was going to the psychonaut recovery meetings and even just getting on the meetings, I was having like this anxiety feeling like where I couldn't even breathe while I was talking. And um is I find that the more, you know, the, if you have a, some kind of a set schedule or, you know, something that involves that continuing to do it over and over again, you know, that, that comfort zone is, um, you know, it stays there. And um, by comfort, I mean, just being comfortable in, in speaking with people. It, it's, it's, it's not quite public speaking, but, you know, when you, are aware that there's other people listening and, all this shit, you know, and, and the chances of you seeing something, you know, that comes it just like a big wave and it hits you. But um, that's kind of what I've, I've, I've stuck to now is just continuing, you know, the, the conversation and, and keep pushing and, and, you know, meeting people and speaking with people. And that helps a lot too. Okay. Yeah. Very good. I, I think that I was noticing that too, when I was doing zoom classes at school, like mm -hmm. the, the first week I was like, this is hard. This is really not something I'm comfortable with. This is super different. There's so many things I don't know how to do right now. And I feel like an idiot. And then I was like, oh my gosh, everybody else is in the same position yeah. though. So yeah. that's, that's fine. And then every class, it seemed like it got a little bit easier to kind of just be like, yeah, this is just what I do, you yeah. know? Yeah, there, there, there's a big thing in, in classes in general where everybody has the same question, but nobody wants to fucking answer it and then or mm -hmm. ask it. And then when somebody asks it, it kind of brings relief to the rest of the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all thinking it and everybody's yeah. like, who's going to be the one to say <laughs> it? Because what if it is wrong? You know, or like, yeah. the teacher's going to be like, 
put you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a rough thing. It really is. Um I personally I come from a big family so uh, you know I'm 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 a little forward and 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 really open with a lot of the things and and you know it comes to me a little bit more naturally but there's times that I do feel it and it sucks but um I know that when I'm in there feeling it although it may not feel like it you know I I try to remind myself that that's that's what growth is you know it's it's uncomfortable and and with more more practice or more time behind the wheel you know so to speak um you know it just it just gets better and it gets easier right yeah. Love that. So um, the the Psychonaut uh, Recovery Server. So uh, can you tell me just a, a little bit of a backstory of who you are, where you come from, anything you're uh, comfortable in sharing with, please? Yeah, totally. Um, so I live in Salt Lake City in Utah, and I do graphic design work for school right now. I don't really, I'm just doing it to um learn currently and uh as i was uh the pandemic began i started becoming more active on the psychonaut recovery group Mm -hmm. because they kind of i feel like they started pretty close to the beginning of that right yeah 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 and so um at first i was just kind of lurking there and then I went to the the meetings and would just take notes because that's what I always do in class. And I love bright colors. And that's like, I have ADHD. So that's what I use to keep myself focused during class when I take notes. I, you know, like use my, my colored pens and stuff. So I was doing that during all the meetings and then posting photos of my notes. And everybody was like, yeah, this is cool. And then anybody that wasn't there could be like, oh, sweet. Like that's what they talked about during the meetings. And I felt like it was really kind of a way to make everybody feel more connected because they could go back and look in our uh, photo history of all the things that we kind of went over. Yeah, and you do a pretty good job at it, too. I've seen it myself. I, I like the uh, the color, uh, the ink, the pens that you use. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, they're, they're gel pens. And I I don't know I when I started using them, but... I picked up like different techniques of drawing with them as well as taking notes. And so I've like been doing expressive drawings on black paper with like bright neon colored uh, pigments. It's been fun. Yeah. They're pretty cool looking. I had somebody uh, uh, do something similar where they wrote like a quote that I have quoted on my, on my forearm or tatted (laughs) on my forearm and they did it like in gold lettering on a black uh, piece of paper came out pretty pretty cool yeah i've seen things like that that's so pretty like i don't know what it is about that black background that's making those colors just pop so much but i that's one of the reasons i do that is because i enjoy that so much so so what got you to the uh the server there um the the psychonaut recovery server there um well I had been um, using psilocybin to help me along my recovery journey from uh, trauma, from like childhood abuse, as well as abuse that lasted into a relationship and um, ultimately, ultimately, 
that relationship ended up uh, being seven years long. And it, uh, when I ended the relationship, my partner committed suicide, oh, which caused geez. like, yeah, it caused me some major trauma because oh, he decided no. to be really vindictive about it and send me videos of him getting ready to do that. And oh my God. I, to me, like my healing process has come from using my mind as a way to get through really, really hard things. And that's what I feel like the psychonaut group is about is like, if you think of the Latin roots for the words, like, so psycho is like mind, mm -hmm. mental, and then not is like, basically sailor, which we kind of convert to traveler. Mm -hmm. So like, mind, traveler. And we, we use our minds to, to figure out what our problems are and how to get past them. And um, from that journey, I'm like, trying to figure out how to become a shaman because I, I feel like these events have kind of brought me to a place where I can relate enough to, to like really big traumas that other people might be going through and not have the resources to heal from, you know? Yeah. I'm so sorry to hear you, you, you went through that. That's uh that's definitely something else there. Yeah. That was in um, 2017. Oh, not too long ago, huh? Yeah, so I've been um, using psilocybin and reading philosophy and reading about neuroscience and psychology and all of these like different ways that we can use our minds to get better. You know, the, the, the funny thing about that, too, and, and the flip side of the coin for that is, um, you know, I've found for me, not knowing about your um, your mind or your psyche can also cause, you know, you to hold on to those traumas. You know, that's kind of something that I'm going through right now is, um, you know, I, I've had issues in the past, too, that led me down this road <clears throat> and, um I'm starting to see that my mind had a some kind of an automatic response to a lot of these um, events in my life. And because I, you know, I, I didn't know anything about it, didn't know how it worked. You know, it just they just stayed there, you know, and it just became this bigger issue than if I knew. And, and obviously hindsight is 2020. But, you know, sometimes people just kind of accept things for what they are and, you know, continue living that way. And I, and I found myself in that, in that spot, you know, and it wasn't until I started, you know, reading into this and, and psychology and just, you know, PTSD in general, you know, I realized that um, knowing is, is, you know, that knowledge is power too, you know, so for the future, when I come across something like this, you know, I know to not just stuff it in the back of my mind, you know, I have to, when I'm ready, you know, go over what it is that happened and why it bothered me and where does that come from too, you know, trying to find the root of it. And um, oftentimes things that are traumatic for me now are a response, you know, something that my mind built a long time ago and usually goes to childhood. And, and it's why it's the re a lot of the reasons why, you know, I hold on to things and, and look at those events, you know, in, in that manner. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And 
I mean, that's, that's some hard work to do. And if you, if you aren't already, you know, in a path where you know how to do that, you're not going to come to some of those conclusions sometimes and you stay stuck. True. Yeah. I think it's, it's, so for you, um, how has the psilocybin, what did you uh, learn about the psilocybin? How did you hear about this? Mm, so, um, before my ex passed away, I did use mushrooms recreationally just for fun because it, it's, it can, you know, have a fun recreational experience. We would be laughing so much and like colors would be really, really vibrant and, mm-hmm. you know, just that kind of experience. But then after he passed away, I started um, just reading more about medicinal plants because I was healing and using cannabis during my grieving process as a way to like sit with my thoughts comfortably. So I would like, I would just go outside and, and think about how I was feeling and, and do it from a place where I'm like, okay, I have an anchor. I'm comfortable here. I know I can stop if I need to. And like, I was basically playing psychologist to myself and coming up with questions and then looking online, like what would a psychologist say to a person that was having this issue? Because I couldn't find somebody that could help me. And then with the psilocybin, I met a friend that was, um, he's growing it by himself. And at first I was like, well, this is nuts. Like he was getting free spores and stuff from contests. And I was like, okay, like this is interesting. And he was like uh, giving them to his friends in capsules to microdose for depression. Cause that's what he was like. The original purpose of doing that was to help his friend whose mother had passed away and he was just having a hard time. And it really helped his friend. So he thought it would help other people. And he introduced it to me that way. And yeah, from there, I just was like interested in that topic. So I would look it up online and that's how I came across Mike's group. Is, is the, uh, is Mike's group the first uh, organization or group that you've uh, attended that was like that? Yes. Yep, it was. You know, the the only reason I ask is I know um, I know a lot of I know a lot now that that I'm, uh, I attend the meetings there. Um, you know, I, I see now that there's a lot of, um, you know, alternative recovery programs that are popping up because of because of psychedelics, you know, because. As everybody knows, you know, the AANA, the traditional um, organizations, they don't really you know, like, or they don't, they don't really participate as much in, 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 in the use of different substances. Um, and they, a lot of times consider the psychedelics uh, just as harmful as any of the other, uh, you know, like alcohol or cocaine or whatever, or, you know, whatnot. Um, and, and I know that a lot of people there come from different organizations like that and, and like it, but for me personally, I, <clears throat> I think it's um I think it's kind of like the new modern way to approach um, substance abuse issues in a group setting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. 
I mean, if you if you really look at it, you know, I, I mean, I'm not sure about your I know your perspective when it comes to substance abuse, but me personally, I believe that not just the substances that we've come to know as you know illicit drugs um, can be abused, but there's other things in life that we turn to whenever we have uh, that need to comfort ourselves, you know, and it can be negative as well. Oh yeah, totally. Um, I actually, I kind of want to share this sure. because like, I don't know, it, when, when the pandemic first started, it really stressed me out. And mm-hmm. so I was having this um, negative coping mechanism where I would like go in the mirror and pick at all the pores on my face until they were bleeding and I would like, while it was happening, I'd be like, I do not like doing this. I don't want to do this. I want to stop. I really want to stop. And I wouldn't and couldn't. And I was like, this urge is so strong. This is an addiction. This is like, you know, this is what addicts that are using really hard drugs are going through when they feel something like that. They're they're like, I want to stop. I don't want to do this. But also like, I know that this, like, I know the feeling of the bad thing. I know what it's going to be. But the unknown is also really scary. And like overcoming urges like that of doing something that's so harmful is just, I don't know. It's a, it's a different mental frame that I had never mm-hmm. gone through before the pandemic. Like, I, I, I don't know, really know how to describe it in words it, because it's such a powerful feeling. Yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> that's definitely a little bit different. Um, <clears throat> Then, you know, like uh, stuff that I've came uh, for me, what's happened to me, uh, which is basically um, creating a coping mechanism that eventually turns out to be um, it doesn't help me in, in my situation. You know, a lot of times mm-hmm. you you'll start abusing substances and next thing you know, the substance is doing you more harm than it did good in the beginning, because, I mean, that's what we're trying to do is try to give ourselves that comfort, make ourselves feel better because we're in a shitty situation that we either feel we cannot control or we don't know how to. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was kind of how I broke myself out of it was I would be like in moments where I would notice I was doing it. That's where I had to get to first because at first I wasn't yeah. even noticing. And then I had to be like, holy crap, I'm doing this thing again. And even then, sometimes I'd be like, cool, I noticed, but I still can't stop. I want to. And then the next step was kind of being like, hey, I'm doing this. Does it serve me a purpose? And I would from there be like, I mean, absolutely not. Of course not. But I don't care. I'm still going to do it, even though I don't want to. And then I was able to get to the point where I could answer that question. Will I still do it? no, I'm going to stop. I'm going to go do something different. I'm going to make it difficult for me to actually be able to do this. Like one of the times I, I took the light bulbs out in the bathroom so I couldn't <laughs> see my face, you know, and I was like, okay, cool. You know, and I was then able to recognize cues of like, when do I do this and why am I doing this? And I was noticing that it was, it was happening when I was thinking about things that overwhelmed me. Yeah. And so from there, I was like, okay, sweet. Time to confront these and figure out, like, why is this overwhelming me? And what the hell can I do about it? Because this is blocking me up so bad that I'm literally scarring my own face. Jeez. No. So, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead. No, that's that was basically, like, kind of the mindset and 
the thought process of how I went through that situation. So how did the, um, how did that issue with your ex or, or, or with this person, um, affect you in terms of like, how did it manifest itself in your life, um, afterwards knowing this? Um, well, it made it really hard for me to interact with other people because I, I would feel so isolated from them to be like, I have no idea what it's like to not have this going on right now. And I don't know what else to talk about because it feels like this is literally the only thing that's ever, you know, going to be on my mind. So at first it was very, very isolating because people also didn't know how to talk to me about it. Hmm. You mean like your family and friends and so forth? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody in my life. Well, that's a big thing, you know, um, <clears throat> having that, um, I guess, natural support system. If you do have your family, you know, that's like the, the first line in everything, you know, and, and, Unfortunately, a lot of us, <clears throat> a lot of us don't have it, you know, I, 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 I'm a father of children. So I, I try to cultivate that as much as possible in my home between me and my children. But, you know, I feel like for me personally, you know, I, I feel like it's it kind of, there's always like that with family, like brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, you know, you, it's kind of hard for them to understand what it is that you're going through if they're not in that same kind of, um, not only mindset, but just like the way you live, you know? Yeah, dude. And like my family is religious and I'm not. So they would come to me and be like, well, you know, you're going to see him when you die. And like just different things like that they thought might be comforting to me that just made me feel resentful towards them. And so that was kind of frustrating, I think. Did you grow up like that, like going to church and stuff like that or doing religious stuff? Yeah, uh, I, I grew up in the Mormon church. And I, I was like really into it until probably I was 13 or so. And then I just started asking too many questions. I guess they didn't really like that too much. And when I would ask questions and I wouldn't get satisfactory answers and kept looking, it just made me feel like this isn't the place for me for things that they're saying align with how I feel. And so. I grew up in it. I believed it. And I don't know. It, it's it's a hard situation to be in because my family, pretty much everybody in it on my mom and dad's side is in still. Brothers and sisters too? Yep. Yeah. So, I yeah, I have uh, seven siblings. And my parents each have about the same on both sides and they all have around the same amount of kids too. So it's like a really large family. And out of all of those people, there's probably maybe 10 of us that are like, yeah, we don't really sit with this anymore, but I feel like COVID has kind of like really antagonized the amount of people that are like, you know what, this is kind of not sitting well with us anymore. Do you think that that just has to do with the, Um, like being online more and being able to have access to different kind of information and different perspectives and so forth. Yes, because the Mormon church teaches their members that looking at information that's other than their doctrine is 
like sinful and that other people outside of the Mormon community are going to try to trick you with like fake stuff. Yeah, you find that a lot, right? I mean, I I had a few friends that are Mormon out here where I'm at in Arizona. There's uh, quite quite a large community out here, but um, I mean, I've had family um, also in, in different um religions or whatever you want to call them, like Jehovah's Witnesses too. And uh, as a kid, I, I had the opportunity of kind of going back and forth between, you know, my Catholic parents, my Christian cousins, my Jehovah Witness cousins. And, uh, you know, I saw that early on, you know, that there was a lot of, um, God, just, um, I don't know, like, if you're not part of us, then you're not one of us. You know, if you don't come here, you're not one of us, like, almost like you're the enemy. So stay away, you know, and it was like, Dad, this doesn't make any sense, you know, <laughs> for me, uh, it didn't make any sense. Tell me about it. That's kind of what I'm living at right now. Let me ask you a question uh, regarding uh, religion, because most religions that I've, I've came across kind of, they're all centered around this path to God, right? Um, now you're who you are today and the experiences, including the psychedelic experiences, how, how has that changed your view on God, on your perspective or vision of God or understanding? Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess before what was like kind of preached is like this hierarchy of like god is the the person that's in charge and like you submit to this person and they make the rules for you and you you better do what they say or else whereas with the psychedelic experience it's just more like it this is it i'm me you're you like we're here now and to to me that that like that kind of makes every moment ever kind of eternal and because that's all there is you are god so who is there to say what is i don't know like it's really hard to put into words and i don't think i've tried to do that before to another person so it's this kind of like internalized thought process of like uh everything that's ever happened has led up to right now so like it's, I don't know, I'm coming up with a, like, a, a blank on how to describe my thoughts on this. Do you, <laughs> do you believe that there is something like God or that there is a God? Mm, no, because I, I feel more comfortable with the idea that everything that is just is, but I don't know if that, like, indicates that there's a god or not you know true it's like a really really vague statement yeah i don't know what what is your perspective on that because honestly like i'm still exploring ideas (laughs) and philosophies and like what are other people saying about stuff what kind of what kinds of things vibe with me you know what i mean yeah you know i (laughs) no i 100 percent feel you on that um (laughs) The only reason I ask is because uh, <clears throat> the thing about religion is, for, for me, is, you know, you just get to a point where you just accept it for what it is. Like, this is God, and this is how we serve our God, and there's no other way, whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, with my experiences with um, 
psychedelics, mainly psilocybin and, and, uh, and NDMT, it just threw all of that out the door. I mean, everything is out. Um, I have, I, I often describe, I often use these words to kind of describe some of these experiences just because there's no other word that I can think of to, to portray what it is that I just experienced to people who have never experienced it. <clears throat> like God, de de demons, angels, heaven, hell, like these things that we all learn about even as children, you know, um, but now that, you know, they just mean something else and they're just continuously evolving and I can't quite put my finger on it, but I've had experiences that, um, you know, I, I look at some stories that people tell me about the Bible and so forth and, I can see how somebody could, you know, have those experiences because I feel like a lot of people are having them right now with psych, you know, with the use of psychedelics and meditation and so forth. Um, I do feel that there is something greater than just what we see uh, now, whether that's God or a place or, you know, uh, an entity or so forth. I, I don't know, but um I do find the importance of the, you know, being present, being here now. Um, I do feel that, you know, there is a connection between everything and everyone. Um, and I also feel that this is important. This moment in time is important because I don't know. I've had some, some, some experiences where I felt like I was shown the meaning of life because that's what I asked for. And, there was nothing after life, you know, and it was just continuous over and over and over again. I was living lives. It was me and dying. And then that was it and nothing. And, um, you know, for me, I, I lean towards that, you know, that more kind of thinking, you know, that we are connected. There is a big connection. There is something more than what we see here on a regular basis. And that it's very important to be present in the moment. Yes. Yeah. And but, but like, isn't there like kind of a comfort in that statement too? like, this is it, you know, there is. <laughs> but for me, there was also a little bit of uh, I didn't want to accept it. I really didn't because I was like, wait, what? I mean, I, I, <laughs> I really because I, I get to the point of, of like I got to the point where I was like, then why am I even doing this? Right. But then I look at what's in my life. I look at what's present. I look at my children. I look at the relationships that I have and the people that I talk to and, you know, the, the love. And I realize how important it is, you know, and, and I don't need to know. <laughs> and I don't need to necessarily have anything at the end of it, you know, because this is the time that I get and it's finite. It's counting down every day, every second. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I don't know. I feel like it puts more value to it in a way as well, though, you know, like. It's like you have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It. I don't know. Like, it reminds me of like um, when you were saying that, that that Beatles song where they're like, I am you and you are me and we yeah. are all together because like the, that feeling I get is like, I basically I'm like being me is I 
and like anyone who ever was is or will be as well too because all like that's what i mean when i'm like saying that i feel that the moment is eternal Mm -hmm. like being in that suchness means that every single one of those other moments was just as potent and powerful too so i don't know like how else you pull those words out of that realm and explain them to other people that haven't been there yet. And that's why I'm having a very hard time conveying it to you, but I feel like you understand what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, uh, I think, and, and this is apparent in, in me talking to different people that have had these experiences or even, you know, uh, gained a higher level of consciousness or whatever you want to call it is that, you know, we're, we kind of all, have this similar feeling, you know, once you've been there, you know, you know, or once you've seen the truth, you know, you know, and it's, um, it can be portrayed or um, described in many different ways. But um, I think for me, ultimately, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. And I don't know, I like, it kind of reminded me of some things that Terrence McKenna was saying about, like, uh, chaos bringing about creativity mm. and like, I don't know, like creativity, creativity accumulating through time is like kind of like the evolution of growth and progression from this chaos. And, and to me, I'm kind of looking into it as like developing skills to bring out things from nature. Like that's kind of what he talked about a little bit too. Like, learning how to show other people these things by showing them in a way they can relate to like what did he describe it as language and context Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and so like i think that uh as an artist it's it's really important to kind of be able to show those things to other people because they i don't know it's not everybody can see it right away, but they all can see it if you show it to them, I think, too. I don't know. I think I think in general, most people who I think most people end up seeking, seeking it. You know, I think people get to a point where something doesn't work for them and they've tried other things. So they go the alternate route. And I think for me, that's kind of what happened with the, you know, getting into this community and having these conversations and experiences was, you know, I felt like I had, you know, followed the paths that were laid before me, that were prescribed to me, you know, by the, you know, modern society, um, if you will. And, um, you know, some of the, something about these substances and plant medicines that are just ancient, you know, that they still hold truth even today, you know, and um, I think that's what attracts a lot of people. You know, I've seen people that are, you know, former law enforcement, military, teachers, I mean, you name it, that are, you know, getting into these, not only just the substances, but also the traditions and the cultures and, you know, the... Um, Everything that kind of surrounds this um, this connection to nature, you know, ultimately, that um, that modern society kind of kind of disconnected from. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's almost seen as taboo, but it's 
it's starting to become something that's like, but why though? Like what's <laughs> yeah. making this like, why? And, and like, everybody wants to, I think that we're just, we're, we're wanting to figure out new things and this is where it kind of comes from sometimes, you know, these, these spaces. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, there's another thing that Terrence McKenna said that I was thinking was really amazing about this idea. It was like creating permission for the unthinkable. I think like testing what society can tolerate <laughs> pushing yeah. these new ideas just a little bit further, you know, like, especially in art, like he talked about expressionism and like, uh, uh, surrealism and ha- like all those different movements of, in the art history yeah. period where people are are pulling these ideas out and being like, "All right, guys, check check this out. Like, what do you think <laughs> about this thing?" And and he, what else did he say? Like, dissolve the boundary of expectations. Uh-huh. Yes, that's what it's about. Yeah. Like being an artist, you you go into these realms and you bring back the things to show other people. You know, I, <clears throat> I, I'm, me personally, I don't, I don't think either I haven't gotten there yet, or it's just not in my nature. Um, but I am not one to, I mean, obviously besides the beginning, but I'm, I'm not one to try to change people's opinions Um yet or, or or maybe i won't but or even just try to bring them to this side um just because for me personally i'm going through it myself like i'm changing and undoing a lot of shit that i learned you know when it comes to my perspective on you know religion life in general the world and so forth um as i'm going through these experiences with these substances and plant medicines um, at first I did, you know, when I first, when I met my first entity, I was like, oh my God, I got to fucking tell everybody about this. <laughs> but uh, I, then I got to a point where I was like, you know what, this is, for me, this is my personal relationship to, you know, the the unknown. And um, not to say that, that it's bad and I, I don't have nothing against it. I don't mean anything negative out of this, but when I look at myself, I, I do see that. I mean, maybe I do it in a roundabout way, having these conversations, but, um, you know, I'm not really looking to be, um, I don't know, I guess, I guess a guide or something in, in this, um, in this community. Uh, I just, I'd like to connect with other people. Um, and I'm also learning a lot about it on my own. So I really don't know much and I can't really, gives as much as i as i think i i should if i do decide to you know or or i'm making up excuses <laughs> one of one of the three <laughs> but uh, let me ask you like what is it about that like so the earlier you said that you wanted to get into um, becoming some kind of a shaman or something like that when it comes to these um things uh, what is it about that that kind of attracts you and, and what is your thought behind that um, well, I, I, I feel like part of my healing process is figuring out what's going on so that 
I can learn from this to to help problems that are going to be coming up because I'm seeing a lot of like the things that I'm facing are going to be very problematic for the upcoming youth. And I want Mm. to troubleshoot problems before they get there and have solutions or, you know, options and, and research ready for these guys. Mm -hmm. Cause it wasn't there for me. I've been having to figure it out on my own and we're doing trial and error and testing and figuring out what works and what doesn't. And so I mean, that's that's kind of what it's about for me is becoming a healer through learning about it as I heal myself. Yes, yeah, that's so see. So for me, like that part right there, um, I for me personally just feel like um, and this is just my opinion and this is just me where I'm at currently right now. You know, I just feel like I I don't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, maybe, maybe I just don't feel confident enough into it yet. You know, I've, um, when, when I was pretty active with growing fungus, um, I remember people asking me if I could trip sit them and like help guide them and blah, blah. And I was like, Oh no, dude, I can't do that for you, man. You know, like I, uh, you know, something could go wrong, you know, and then I'm going to be responsible and then I'm going to feel bad for it and so forth. And, um, but I, but I do see that there is a need for it. You know, I do see that there's definitely a need for uh, even standard uh, or industry standards as well. You know, um, I know that there's a need for guided um, experiences. Um, I know because there's some people that just don't have the opportunity or the know-how and would rather be safe, you know, in, in that sense. Um, I, I think for me personally, I'm just so used to figuring shit out on my own that, you know, I'm like, ah, I'll just figure it out. But I've also seen that I've left a lot on the table because of um, lack of research or lack of um, guidance for sure. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's kind of the goal for me is that I saw that this was lacking. And so I'm hoping to fill some of those gaps as I go. Now, have you done, um, have you looked into uh, how other organizations or people or individuals um, operate and like uh, learn something or kind of thinking on applying it to your own um, endeavor? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, One thing that I really enjoy is, using apps and having communities, I think Mm. is really helpful for me. So any kinds of things like that. And so that's partially like joining the psychonaut recovery community was really big for me too, because then you're connecting with people that are going through similar things or even different things that you can learn stuff from that you wouldn't Mm. have if you didn't have that context. So, I mean, even just being in a group in general, and I mean, I don't think it matters what it's for, as long as it's something where you guys are, you know, meeting together and coming up with ideas and thinking through stuff that's hard to do on your own. Yeah, I think for me, that's what um, that's kind of more around my comfort zone is just being in a, in a community like that, uh, that I ultimately want to be part of, you know, and 
you know, as time comes, things will change and, and maybe something will present itself and you never know things, you know, you can end up in a, in a position where, where for me, actually, I can end up in a position where, you know, I'd be doing stuff like, I mean, I'd be, I'd be a hundred percent down for it. You know, um, I think that's one of the biggest things when it comes to being a content creator or uh, part of a community is um, being able to do that as um, for a living, you know, not necessarily getting rich or becoming famous or anything like that, but, you know, that's one of the big hurdles that I see a lot of people and, and even myself go through is, you know, we are trying to disconnect from a society that we're still plugged into, you know, like um, I still go to work <laughs> full time, you know, I still do all this stuff. But, you know, if, if there was something that would come my way where I would be able to do this as a living, that would be perfect because then I would be able to dedicate all of my time the majority of my time to something that i'm really passionate in yeah exactly i just think that a lot of people get get turned off by the um by that aspect you know the commercialization of things you know um i understand that 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 some of it's going to be necessary a lot of it's going to be necessary you know because um like you said, there's definitely a need for that. You know, there's people that could greatly benefit from others being able to teach them, being able to guide them, being able to, you know, assist them in any other different aspect within this, uh, this journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also kind of worry too, though, about the, the idea of it becoming so marketable that there's going to be people out there that are going to try to trick people too. And so it's like, we got to, you know, be part of the community that provides that good content out there. Because if we're flooding the, the, the interwebs and such with all of the good content, that minimizes the amount of people that are looking at those kinds of things that are, you know, out there that are like trying to, I don't know, I've seen a lot of people when they come across people that are in recovery or going through kind of spiritual journeys, they'll use that as a, an opportunity to trick them. Have you seen yeah. any of this going on? Cause it's starting to become more and more common. Well, I'll go as far as to say that, and, and this is comes from, um, I was speaking to a person who is a practitioner and he's from, I don't even remember if it's uh, Ecuador, I think it is. Fuck, I can't fucking remember. I'm so sorry. Um, but what, what he did is his family um, has their roots and doing like ayahuasca and stuff like that. But it kind of died down between the last few generations. And, um, you know, he's born here in America, but his family's from this country. And, you know, they have these traditions and he ended up going back and kind of reviving it in, in the in the town where his family comes from. And he was telling me that he sees people that are in that industry in these different countries that are doing that that they're just setting up shop cooking up some fucking aya you know just taking people's money and just fucking letting them drink it you know and that that's already happening even there you know so i i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised and, and i almost expect that that's going to happen but for me personally i look at that and i say how do i uh prevent this or prevent even me from being part of something like that. And what I found for me personally is to begin locally, 
you know, reach out to the people that are local to me that are doing this stuff already, get to know them. And that way, you know, this is like straight up word of mouth. You know, I live here. I've gone to his place. I've gone through his sessions and I can vouch for this guy, you know, and, right. and I think for me, credibility through yes, networking. Yep, that's like one of the biggest things that I've uh, I've seen that have kind of helped uh, um, mitigate that that issue. Totally. Yeah, that's partially why I wanted to talk to you as well today, because I think that these kinds of conversations are really important in creating that sort of credibility as well. Sure. Uh, I just think that the online aspect of things, uh, anybody can sound and look legit. Um, yes, yes. And going through school as a graphic designer, are you kidding me right now? Like, <laughs> yeah. there's been some times in my textbook, like I write in my textbooks all the time. And there's been some things that have been so like, disgustingly capitalistic or just really sat with me so wrong that I've just written like across the mountain been like gross I don't want to see that again I mean not in a way that it's censored out of my book but I'm just like no this is not like there there's like manipulation techniques that they teach people and psychological tricks to like get people to buy things and that was one thing that really didn't sit well with me at the beginning was like the use of social media for that and that was one thing that when I started like advertising kind of I guess for the psychonaut recovery group I was like see look now I can use these design skills that I've learned and I'm not marketing a product like I'm marketing like hey guys we have this cool group where we just you know are doing these things check it out and I'm like using what I learned to kind of like do that instead and I've been enjoying it for that reason you know, one thing about that deception that I've seen in terms of where it comes from is um, people feeling like, what is the thing like where you feel like there's not enough and you got to get as much as you can? Like, uh, and yeah, greed is one of them for sure. <laughs> but um, just this kind of thinking that there's like if you open up a business, you're like, I need to get as much customers as possible. And that's what yeah, matters. more is better. Yeah. As opposed to just being like, look, we can all exist in this world. We already do. And there's more than enough to go around. It doesn't mean that I'm, we're going to become rich and the most famous people, but at least we're going to be doing what we're passionate in, which is helping ourselves or other people. Totally. Yes. 100% agree. I think that's where my view lies in, in, in regards to that, you know, and that's kind of why I've become a little bit more involved here locally too. You know, we, we created our own little group and, and also we're involved with other groups too, which is great. I mean, I think that's, that's one of the biggest things that I've um, taken away from even having these conversations is that, um, you know, whether, whether you're part of this organization or that organization, we're all working towards the same thing for the most part. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And it, in my art classes, that's what the visiting artists would say to us every time, too, is work locally, get to know your community, mm -hmm. you know. And I I think that that's on point for, for this as well. And support each other, too. You know, con continue to support um, other people and other organizations, especially when they're cool. You know, when you're like, yeah, fuck oh, with yeah. that dude, you know, <laughs> or that person. Absolutely. Yeah, I 100% agree.
there's just obviously things that come up, you know, there's social issues, things, you know, that we don't agree upon, but I think, um, having an open mind and, and, and being able to tolerate differences between each other is very important when it comes to that as well. Absolutely. Cause then you kind of get stuck in group think too, or like in an isolated bubble where no oh, yeah. new ideas are coming in and that's problematic. So it, it's reminiscent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's reminiscent of all those other things, the religions mm-hmm. and all that shit. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but <laughs> you know i hear you <laughs> yeah that's uh that's a scary feeling you know um i mean i do that a lot even in my own house you know try to try to play that devil's advocate and just say look you know we may be looking at this person this way but you know anybody can look at us that way too you know yeah it's an important thing the kind of checks and balances of that got to be careful to avoid one-sided thinking so let me ask you this: um, how how has the uh, psilocybin uh, helped you out in, in your recovery? Like, what are some highlights, or maybe even um, some some sessions that may stand out for you? Um, I don't know. I I think that it kind of helped me sit with other people's perspectives of things in a way that. I might not have before because I was just so stuck in my own grieving that like my eyes became more open to like, Hey, this is a path that somebody else in your life is going on because of this. And it's not, I don't know. Like I I don't, I was kind of maybe being somewhat selfish and not considering how severely other people were affected. And once I did that and had that compassion, I was able to apply it into so many other things too, not just like, my healing process from that trauma, but just like having patience with other people in general and, and not being so judgmental and Mm -hmm. quick to be like, you're doing this wrong, you know, just coming to this mental process of like, everybody is doing the best that they can. And I knew that before I did, but it's just like, I feel like the psilocybin and then the continued practice of like meditation or other things that get you into that psychedelic experience is what really, I don't know, drove my healing. Do you think that's one of the biggest takeaways that you've had from uh, your use or experiences? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Just like being more aware of that and also like, the idea of the present moment is what it is. So like, just be with that no matter what it is, because that's okay. Yeah, no, that that's, that definitely makes sense. I mean, I, I can <clears throat> relate to that as well. You know, I, I think um, part of the integration of these experiences is um, not only knowing, but being able to identify when they can be applied elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like almost like they become metaphors. Like Mm -hmm. you can see it in this situation as being it related to this situation, you know? Yeah. It's like patterns or Mm -hmm. math problems in a way, if you want to look at it like that, like, Oh yes, I've seen this before, but here's this variation. So we'll just like play it off like this and, I don't know. It 
it's it's a way of making the mundane a bit more interesting if you think about it though because it's like i mean we've already all done it before i guess (laughs) it's this way now (laughs) it definitely feels like an equation you know that can be adjusted and applied in in many different aspects of of your being oh yeah yeah for sure you got it plunked out of math huh (laughs) (laughs) i was always all right in math so so one of the last classes I have to finish. I'm I'm graduating in March. Nice. With yeah, with the uh BFA seminar final class. So like my thesis presentation okay. and then my math class. So I gotta get focused in on the math. So maybe maybe the, the mushrooms wanna talk to me about the math. And they're like, yo kiddo, why ain't you studying that math? <laughs> Some of these these experiences have the tendency to put those nagging issues like in your face, like just rub them in your face to where you've just had enough. Totally. Yeah. And then it's like you literally have no other option but to fix it. And I think that helps people on their recovery, too, because like that's that's one reason why people are, you know, giving like. I don't know, getting stuck in those things is that they avoid it mm-hmm. so much. And then it's just when it's like, you can't anymore. Time to do something. I don't know. Is that, is that kind of what your thought on that is as well? Yeah. I mean, for me too, it was just, for me, it was, it's either that or I fucking kill myself or I call it quits. You know, yes. um, it was rough. I mean, things, a lot of people that I, and including myself, that I come across in this community have gotten to that point where they're like, I'm really wondering why I'm even here or like, I'm just need something to stop. And like, I'm to the point where I'm seeking out options that that do not include me afterwards, you know, like something like it's serious, you know, it's a life or death situation for a lot of people. That is so 100% true. And I think like those same sentiments you just said to me, I've written in my journal over and over and over again on the hard days, you know, but Mm -hmm. I also try to like remind myself the opposite of that every time too, because like there's a duality to it. And I think that's another thing that is presented to you in these psychedelic experiences is that duality Mm -hmm. and kind of how to be on the middle way of that in a way, because if you look at everything in black and white, and you, you get one-sided like that, you're going to have some issues too, you know? Yeah. Keeping that balance, maintaining that balance, like knowing for me, knowing that, yeah, there is that part of me and there is that part of my life, you know, but you know, I need to have the balance and I need to create another half of that, you know, like I need to be good too. And I need to do, you know, um, all the opposite of what I used to do, you know, to kind of, not only make myself feel better or worthwhile, but also to kind of put that energy back out to balance that too, you know? Yes. I mean, a lot of people do a lot of damage or, or have been damaged, you know, like for me, it was, it was the, the, the former, it was me putting, you know, damaging things and hurting people. And, you know, now I spend a lot of my days helping people, you know, and, and trying to create, you know, positive things, you know, very good. I love that. So what do you, um, what do you, ex- 
Like, is there anything that you see in your future regarding these practices and plant medicines that you would want to see or that you plan on? Yeah, um, I've kind of been having ideas of creating a, a kind of place where, you, you know, like the set, the set and setting is incredibly important when you're going through these kinds of experiences. And so I want to make some kind of space, whether it be digitally or in a physical realm as well, mm-hmm. where people can have resources to have these experiences and, you know, maybe not just direct guidance, but just resources for them to do it themselves as well. So Mm -hmm. like I was kind of talking along the lines of using what I've learned to help other people and whether that's like directly helping them, like guiding them one-on-one, or if it's just like, Hey, I found this article that really vibed for me. There's probably stuff in it that's going to work for you too, depending Mm -hmm. on your context. But from what it sounds like based off of what I've gone through, it sounds like this could help you too. And so, I mean, we're already kind of doing it. And I honestly feel like at this point, like if anything, we've already been successful with how many people we've reached in our community. Just mm-hmm. even just one person reaching them and helping them is enough. You know what I mean? Like uh, I, when I'm in our meetings, like the amount of people last week that were just like saying the best thing that happened to them this year was joining our group. That was like touching my heart so much because we have become a really tight family unit in some ways, like, but also growing and constantly having new ideas come in and everybody that's been coming into the group has just been welcomed and like, I don't know. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, you know, that's, um, that's one thing I saw when I, when I got to DMT world and, you know, I, a lot of times I, I also thought about how that would look and how that would change if, you know, it was a community of say 200,000 or 500,000 people, it would definitely look a lot different and and change in, in my opinion. Um, And and I only have other platforms to go off of too. and, And obviously there's, there's going to be good and there's going to be bad. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, everything kind of drives me back to the local aspect of things. You know, I know I say it over and over again, but I think that it's one of the most important things that a lot of us can do. Um, you know, I had this um, this guy named Rian on a few episodes ago, and I know I've heard this saying before, you know, tend to the garden that, that you can reach or touch or something like that. And I, I think that has a lot to do with it, you know. Yeah, that's that's a good point. But I do think one thing, though, about having a large group online is that those people can take that information, whether it just be little tidbits that they see by lurking in the group mm. just a few hours or whatever and take that into their community too. Like it's not just about the people that are the like core group that are constantly on there all the time, giving stuff and 
that as well. It's about the people that just pop in for a minute and they're like, hey, I saw this quote on here or like somebody posted this video and this changed the way I saw this. Yeah. So it's about that. And that's what's yeah. cool about the web too is that it's like shifting all the time. So it kind of depends on when you pop in. Like, True. hey, somebody posted this the second I popped into the group. And now I know this information that I never would have had I not been here. Right. It's about that. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That's magic right there. <laughs> you know it. That's why it's so important as content creators. And yeah. 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 Well, that's, that's great. Um, no, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I put the small face because I know what that's like, you know, I know what that's <laughs> like. And it's, it, it's very powerful. That's powerful. You're right. Yeah. That's why I love that everybody that's popped into the group is just like, I don't know. We love all of you guys. Even if you're just here for a second to be like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. Yeah. I see, I see it. You know, I, I see a lot. I'm part of a bunch of new um, groups and I, I, although my, my position in, in all the different groups is not as involved as, you know, the DMT world aspect of things, but, um, you know, I see a similarity in the community as a whole across from what I've noticed is, you know, everybody's pretty open-minded and, and, um, pretty, pretty kind, you know, pretty kind. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff on the internet too. It's not all horror <laughs> stories that your grandma told you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hold my tongue right there. <laughs> um, let me ask you, so um, do you have anything in store, anything you, um, I don't know, would like to promote or anything like that? Um, yeah, I've been doing stuff for giveaways and I'm still kind of like figuring all of it out. So I'm a little bit nervous about actually starting to promote stuff because I'm like, is this the right time to say this thing? Because I, I like I'm I still you. into all of this. So I I started out with one giveaway, like never done anything like this before. So I'm just, you know, testing the waters. And so anybody that was at the last meeting that we were at, mm -hmm. I wrote all their names down and then just like drew from a hat. And I was like, you guys won a prize. And then <laughs> <laughs> I'm shipping all those little things off to them today. And I have more things to do another one coming up in the next couple of days, but I haven't decided specifically yet. So just figuring out things that I've never done before without a lot of input or guidance yet. Cause I don't know. I I've told stuff to people in the group a little bit and they're like, just do whatever kiddo. Like some of this happened. I'm like, you guys, what if I do the wrong thing? Well, I know the feeling and I, I ran a few uh, giveaways in my time. So I don't mind um, talking after this here. Um, but let me let me ask you this here. Do you have anything to say for anybody listening or anybody out there right now? Mm. Yeah, um, I think that um, one of the most important things that we can do as artists is find and show beauty to other people. And it's not even just artists as other human beings. So like finding beauty in something and showing it to just one person. That's, that's like what I tell myself, at least my purpose is on days when I'm like, I can't think of what. So anybody listening, find beauty. 
and share it with somebody. Beautiful. Well said. Um, listen, kiddo, thank you very much for coming on, taking time out of your day and spending it here with me and the people that are listening as well. Um, I just wanted to thank you for that. And um, if that's it, then uh, I'll, I'll see you soon. I'll see you in the, in the groups there. Hell yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for everybody that listened. I, I really appreciate this platform and getting to be able to speak to all of you guys. Awesome. We are like this salamander that has the option of never developing into its mature form. To my mind, that's a tragedy because this is our birthright. unwillingness to go it alone.